Hey everyone, Joey Cagle here. And Antonio Guerra. So Apple has introduced AirPods that don't look stupid. Hallelujah. Warner Brothers is releasing all of their 2021 movies on HBO Max simultaneously with their theater releases. NVIDIA explains the cause of their GPU shortage. And smart access memory is now working on Intel CPUs. China is working on super soldiers. And the first rocket launcher drone is debuted. Sit back and relax. It's time for the tech news and commentary right here on Joey's Totally Tech. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the December 11th, 2020 edition of the Tech News and Commentary. Let's get started. Apple introduces AirPods, or the AirPods Max, I should say. Ah, finally, something that doesn't look stupid, by the way. Uh, Apple has revealed its over-the-ear wireless headphones. They go on just like my studio headphones, the AirPods Max. They feature a custom acoustic design, H1 chips, and advanced software. They're available in five colors and start shipping on December 15th. The H1 chip in each ear allows AirPods Max to deliver a listening experience with adaptive EQ, active noise cancellation, transparency mode, and spatial audio. The batteries last up to 20 hours while playing high-fidelity audio with active noise cancellation and spatial audio enabled. You can order them now for $549. And I took a look at these. They they actually look pretty nice. Not they're not like yeah. I mean, they look little... like you know just your, just your uh, you know looks like the regular style uh, you know over the head headphones. Yeah. Uh, I wish they would release like some wireless headphones like earbuds that don't have the little stem sticking out. I'm not really a fan of those, and no, you're not either. So yeah, no, I know they look stupid. My girlfriend thinks they look stupid. I, it sounds like you think they look stupid. <laughs> I mean, I think most people do. I think it's just one of those things. that's like. Oh, well, you know, that's an Apple product or it's a knockoff yeah. one that looks like one, but you know, whatever. Yeah. But like looking stupid has somehow become the style, you know? Hey, I mean, what would I'll say? Dare to be stupid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Apple Silicon iMac and MacBook Pro expected in 2021 and 32 core Mac Pro in 2022. Reports say the company plans to improve Mac processors dramatically, including a possible 32 core Mac Pro in 2022 and an iMac in 2021. Uh, Bloomberg says Apple is expecting to produce Apple Silicon processors, which are faster than the current and uh, past performing Intel PCUs. Uh, sorry, Intel PCs. Yeah. Sources that say Apple made past choose- performing. I put past performing. <laughs> That's all right, though. Keep going. <clears throat> Should I do that over again, or what do you think? No, no, no. We're, yeah, that's an uh, on-the-fly thing. <laughs> all right. Sources say Apple may choose to hold the fastest of its processes until 2022 and release versions with uh, varying numbers of, tro- of uh, versions with varying numbers of cores. But for now, the plan for 2021 is a new MacBook Pro and an entry-level and high-end iMac. The current M1 and the MacBook Air and the 13-inch MacBook Pro contain either 7 or 8 cores. Uh, future higher-end MacBooks, as well as mid-range desktops, have 16 and 32 cores. 
Yeah, so this is uh, pretty cool. Uh, 32-core uh, MacBook Pro, or not MacBook Pro, but Mac Pro. That's uh, pretty exciting stuff. It's 32 a lot of cores. I don't know anything about cores. That, so. That's a lot of cores. Um, of course, I imagine it's going to, going to be expensive, as the Mac Pro is typically pretty uh, expensive. I don't know. I don't think Apple really has a history of overpricing their technology, but I don't know. It's, a, it's the first time for everything, you know? Oh, oh, yeah. That you think they don't, huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, by the way, I did forget to mention at the beginning of this uh, episode today, Antonio is doing this from home. We're doing this over Skype, so the quality on his end might be a little different today. Um, he's actually going to be getting a better quality mic in the future, but uh, for now, it's going to be a little different, but I think you all understand. That's uh, Skype for you, you know? So. One second, sorry. Sorry, my cord was caught on something. Oh, no problem. Alright, how's my camera look? Uh, the camera's looking good, and by the way, we're going to be uh, putting this on YouTube as well, on the Joey's Totally Tech Podcast YouTube channel. I uh, haven't uploaded anything there recently, to be honest. And I know we're diversely handsome, but sorry, ladies, we're both taken. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to Apple Music. It's uh, now available on Google Nest smart speakers and displays. Apple Music is rolling out to the Google devices. This includes speakers and displays like the Nest Audio, Nest Hub, Nest Hub Max, and Nest Mini. Apple Music subscribers are able to link their Apple Music account in the Google Home app, where Google also offers integration with Spotify, YouTube Music, Pandora, and Deezer. Never heard of Deezer, but... uh, I have, so I haven't really used it. Okay. I mean, I guess it's probably pretty much what you're used to. You go um, on there, you type in a song, and it... Gives you a playlist or something. If so. I remember, it's specifically <laughs> podcasting, but um, like for podcasts. But let me no, it's music. Okay, I, I was thinking it was a podcast aggregator or something, but it's music. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I guess it's uh, you know, just more synergy among tech companies. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's good that Apple Music is on there. Uh, was iTunes ever released on Android at all? I can't remember. Uh, not that I can think of. Yeah. I think Google probably has that locked down. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's uh, other platforms you can do, but as far as like buying songs, I think you can buy them off well, of Google. Or whatever. I mean, you can buy them on Amazon as well through That's Android. True. Yeah. Um, I think Apple for a long time, I don't think they ever released anything for Android for uh, iTunes, but um, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, I know they didn't release in iTunes for Linux, for example. You know. Uh, I don't know. That might have uh, sucked for some Linux users that were trying to listen to podcasts on uh, iTunes. Uh, I think a lot of podcasts are on other platforms now. For a long time, a lot of podcasts were specifically on iTunes, and you couldn't get them anywhere else. Yeah, that's true. I think pretty much like it, the gates are pretty much open as far as like like I have I use Podcast Addict myself, and you can uh, you can actually use iTunes as your search engine for the app. 
mm-hmm. if you're looking for it. So whatever at this point, yeah. it's just. <laughs> yeah, I use Spotify to listen to podcasts most of the time now. Oh, I guess you're you're listening to Joe Rogan then, because I I think he's exclusive on there now, right? Uh, no, he's on other platforms too. I've oh, okay. seen Joe Rogan on uh, Google Podcasts and other things. So, um, he he's available on Spotify. I think most podcasters want to make their podcasts available on uh, multiple services. So, like I did, no, I thought you know? I thought I heard like. Uh, this is either earlier this year, maybe late last year. I think he like signed an exclusive deal with Spotify. Like he, it was it was supposed to start at some point. Like I don't know if it started yet. Okay. But he got like a lot of money, like twenty million or something like that. Like. All right. Well, I guess I missed that. So. <laughs> all right. We probably got time for one more uh, story before I gotta uh, take a break. But then uh, I'll be like I said, I'll be back in just a few minutes. All right. Okay. All right. So. Uh, Leaked Galaxy Buds Pro image says new round design and new phone teasers also leaked. An image of Samsung's upcoming Galaxy Buds Pro wireless earbuds has been leaked. The new earbuds feature a more rounded shape than the Galaxy Buds and Galaxy Buds Plus. The Galaxy Buds Pro has been rumored to have active noise cancellation and improvements to its ambient mode. There are expected to be... uh, These are expected to be revealed with the Galaxy S21 in January. The S21, S21 Plus, and S21 Ultra have also had teaser videos leaked, previewing the new designs. The videos show a new camera bump with three cameras on the S21 and S21 Plus, and five cameras on the S21 Ultra. The S21 Ultra looks like it has a curved screen as opposed to the flat screens on the S21 and S21 Plus. All three phones will support 5G. Yeah, so uh, Galaxy Buds Pro uh, sounds really cool. I haven't really looked into the Galaxy Buds or anything, uh, to be honest, because I think all the news has been on the Apple stuff. Yeah, I mean, do you really need five cameras, though? Like <laughs> On a phone, I, I don't think I need five cameras unless this is like something like dealing with augmented reality. And, and in that case, maybe you need more cameras around you to get yeah. a better augmented uh, reality experience. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of that, did you see the – I think I posted something on Facebook showing what the actual uh, – what is it? The rollable screen phones. Did you see that that I posted? Um, I missed that, but I've seen video of it, and I think I okay. described it wrong again because, I mean, the okay. screen itself, I think previously when I've looked at it, uh, it looked to me like the screen, there was like part of a screen going underneath the other, but no, that's not the case at all. It's like all one screen. So it, yeah, does, so like the- it does kind of roll. Yeah, so it's, it's basically like a scroll, but it's like a yeah. scroll that with like a mechanical thing that extends it. So yeah, you're kind exactly. of right almost, but yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know. I probably wouldn't ever need one unless they make one for like $200, but like I said, I think it's interesting technology. I think the roll, I think the foldable phone, I think that's a little bit cooler yeah. than the than the than the rollable yeah. one, but yeah. I don't know. That's just me personally. Yeah, both are what do you, good. What do you think? Uh, both are good if you need a uh, screen size adjustment. I think the rollable allows for a little more flexibility, in my opinion. But some people just need two different sizes. They fold it, and then they unfold it for the larger screen size. Uh, the rollable gives you kind of an in-between if you need it as well. So, 
Yeah, that's true, I guess. I guess I just not it's not that important to me. Like, you know, the the viewable area doesn't have to take up the entire screen yeah. in order for me to be satisfied. So Yeah, that's probably not too important to a lot of people really. Alright. But there might I'll check be this out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, take this break really quick right, and uh, uh when I come back, back we'll get back, back to the news and I will uh I'll move my chair so I don't have this glare in my face anymore, okay? Alright, sounds good. We're gonna take a break quickly if you're watching on YouTube. That's why we have this uh, switch over now. <laughs> find, find us an ad to play or something, okay? Oh, yeah, we can play an ad here. All right. This is where we'll put the mid roll then. back uh sorry about that we had uh uh, something that uh, antonia had to attend to quickly so we're back now uh so cloudflare apple and other computer or other companies rather uh are backing a way to make the internet more private a new technique developed by cloudflare apple and fastly called obvious dns prevents snooping and makes the internet more private uh, normally a browser's queries go unencrypted so anyone who monitors dns servers can redirect someone to a fake website engineers are measuring the performance of uh, performance cost rather of implementing the new oblivious dns protocol but early results look promising so, all right. So, uh, I know you're all about internet privacy. What do you think about this? I, I think it's a good thing. Um, I'm glad that, uh, well, I'm not too surprised Apple is back at it. Cloudflare is back at it, which doesn't surprise me either. I'm not familiar with Fastly, but, um, that's uh, really good. Um, so, uh, that's a wonderful thing. A lot of people use Google's DNS servers, which, um, mm-hmm. You know, um, Google is watching you even more if you do that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, you're right. I, I have used Google's uh, DNS servers servers in the past, admittedly. So, I mean, I have an Android phone, so it's already lights out for me. So yeah. whatever. But yeah. uh, I know you mentioned in the past that Apple's always been a pretty big promote, proponent of uh, privacy. Right. So. I mean, you can always use a VPN on an Android phone as well, but you know. Um, oh, I'm not really worried about that. Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on. All right. All right so uh, Warner Brothers is going to release all of its new 2021 movies simultaneously on HBO Max. Uh, the company plans to release every Warner Brothers movie on the 2021 schedule on both HBO Max and in theater simultaneously. Uh, the movies will only stream one month and then leave the platform for some time. Warner Brothers will be testing out this business model for a year. The films will the films will stream in 4K Ultra HD and HDR. Other media companies have been experimenting with new strategies during this past, during the pandemic as well. Uh, Disney released Mulan on Disney Plus in September, and the movie performed well enough to make the case for Disney to do this regularly. 
uh, streaming services are are uh, better able to retain subscribers by releasing exclusive titles every month. Yeah. So uh, I know I've said in the past, you know, streaming and like cloud services, that's like the next the next step as far as like physical media is going to be pretty much dead, except for like you know hobbyists and you know people like yourself that right. you know like retro technology like that. But oh yeah, you know, I think as far as like mainstream, I don't think. Barely anybody's buying DVDs. No one's buying CDs anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, now with the pandemic, not, not a lot of people are going to the movies. So yeah, you know, the, the the next logical step, you know, release all the AAA blockbusters and oh, streaming. Yeah. And that's you know, if you got to make a, you, you want to stay in business, what you got to do, you got to adapt to survive. So yeah, uh, once the pandemic's over, though, do you think um, movie theaters will make somewhat of a comeback, or are they gonna be kind of going to the wayside because me personally, I would love to go to a movie theater again and watch a movie. I like the experience of a movie. I theater. think that it's gonna. I think there's gonna be a certain percentage of the population that they're gonna be just scared enough where they're just not gonna want to go out in public. Like ever that again? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I really think so. I think there's gonna be a lot, not not ever again, but just for something like that. They're not yeah, gonna. I, mean, they're, I think there's a certain amount of people that be like, I'm not gonna take the risk of sitting in a room with like you know. 200 other people you never know who's got what you know what i'm saying right and when i can just pay ten dollars a month or twenty dollars or you pay a premium per title whatever and just watch it in my house on the same day you know yeah. what i'm saying i mean for a little and uh i mean for a certain amount of time i get it but like i think at some point the movie theaters i mean what we know of now they could all go out of business, but I think at some point, like someone would start. Also, I'm saying I don't think they're going out of business, business, but I just think it's going to it's going to be like live events. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are not going to want to go to a football game anymore just right. because, you know, yeah. or just not as often. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, of course, uh, but um, oh god, yeah, drive-in theaters seem to be doing all right right now. Yeah, but I mean, those are few and far between. Yeah. But uh, yeah. like, I used to go to movies all the time before the pandemic. Like, I would have the uh, AMC A list, yeah. and it's like twenty dollars a month, and you get three movies a week, and you can see whatever you want. You can see new releases, you can see, you know, um, IMAX, 3D, it doesn't matter. Right. And it's twenty dollars a month, and it's uh, so I would just go see movies I would probably never see. Like, just if I was bored one day, I'd be like, hey, let's go to the movies, and you know, yeah, kill a couple hours. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, totally. But uh. So yeah, I, I also miss going to the movies, but at the same time too, if there was a way where I could see, now I would I probably wouldn't just subscribe just to Warner Brothers themselves, but there came up I I see this in the horizon. There's gonna be like a premium movie service where you can watch blockbusters in your home, and it's gonna be like you know twenty twenty five dollars a month. I think that's gonna happen. So. Yeah, maybe we so, could do that. You got any money well, laying around? You can watch I mean, an app. I mean, wasn't Netflix initially like that? Of course, they started producing their own content as well. No, Netflix is more like you would just, it was basically Blockbuster, it would go to your house, and then they'd yeah. switch to streaming. Well, I mean, but it was never I mean, like, it was never like day one, though. I'm talking I, about, I, meant, I think there's going to, oh, go ahead. I meant when they initially began the streaming, not not the very beginning. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I mean, even the streaming, it was never like day one. It was always like, usually what would happen is, a movie would come out in the theaters, then when it would go to oh. like on demand services, and then it would come to like Netflix like a month later. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I wasn't thinking of about the movies being there at the same time as the theater. But yeah. Can you hear my dog I, walking around on your side, on your end? Uh, not that badly. I mean, maybe okay. a little bit. Sure. 
Yeah. I mean, I, she's in the room with me, so I know it sounds worse, but I just want to make sure. It's, it's all right. Okay. People know you're on Skype, so it's all good. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, so uh, Google Maps, yep. what do you got? Uh, okay, so Google Maps is letting you create street view, uh, street view photos rather, uh, with your phone. The latest update in Google Maps lets Android users with ArcCore compatible device uh, devices rather uh, create street view photos. Google is currently restricting submissions to a few geographical area, areas at launch. Uh, more regions will support the feature soon. Uh, the content from users will appear in the street view layer on Google Maps as dotted blue lines. Uh, Google Street View trackers and uh, cars have collected over 170 billion images from 10 million miles around the planet up to this point. All right, so uh, that's pretty cool. I guess you can create your own street views. Yeah, that's. I guess it'll come in handy for like if you have like a business or I don't know even if you have like something interesting about your home that you want to share. I yeah. Don't know. Or if, I mean, even if you don't have a business, but you'd like to see something more online about it, you could probably mm -hmm. take uh, photos for them and, you know, and get them up on there, you know? I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I think one of the things that's really come about over the past, like, 10 years or so is just how much, like, uh, content online is just, like, crowdsourced, you know? Oh, yeah. Between, like, social media, you know, you got people posting photos of, like, Street View on Google now. Just all kinds of stuff. I think it's yeah. really crazy. It's just like, just even like Wikipedia. Yeah. I think, you know, 99% of people, if they want to look up something, they don't go to like, you know, LexisNexis or whatever like that. Yeah. They go to Wikipedia. Yeah. And, you know, you know, words and all. I mean, I, I think it's pretty reliable. I mean, I do it myself. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't like, you know, bet money on any of the information there. But yeah. if I wanted to know, like, you know, who was the 14th president and where he was born or whatever, you know, I would yeah. look there probably, so... Yeah, and I'd say, like, Wikipedia, it's like, if you do try to uh, change something to incorrect information, generally, uh, assuming it's a page that's monitored regularly, they will change it pat back quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, obviously, it just depends on what you're looking up. Yes. Like I used to look at Wikipedia a lot, like, um, when I was younger, looking up stuff about like, wrestling and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's pretty obscure wrestlers. So obviously there's stuff that like information on there that you know wrestling fans you know they'll believe anything they see on the internet. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, Google is promising spectacular city. I'm oh, sorry. Google is promising spectacular city GPS improvements with 3D building data. Uh, GPS accuracy is often affected by tall buildings, but Google claims it's able to correct this with new 3D mapping and 3D mapping aided corruption. I'm sorry. Corruption. Google claims. <laughs> I'm going to start over. GPS, ac GPS accuracy is often affected by tall buildings, but Google claims it's able to correct this with a new 3D mapping aided correction module for Android. It uses the massive amount of 3D building data available in Google Maps to calculate how a GPS signal bounces off surrounding buildings and correct for the interference. It improves the location accuracy in cities, spectacu in cities spectacularly and reduces the wrong side of the street occurrences by about 75%. It's part. Uh, it's party of Google. I'll say that's a typo. It's part of Google Play Services Fuse Location Provider API. This feature works on 3,850 cities around the world and will be rolled out in early 2021. You know that I'm corruption. actually pretty. I'm sorry. Oh, that corruption thing was so funny. I'm not even going to edit it out. 
<laughs> oh, great. You're going to make me look like an idiot. No, it's fine. It, it, it's, you're human, man. So am I. It's I right. make mistakes. It's okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the wrong side of the street thing, I, uh, that's probably one of the things that annoys me most in life when it's like you think you're turning left, but you got to turn right. So Yeah. And at this point, would you say it happens more in city areas or do you find it happens in rural areas sometimes too? I don't really go to like city areas that much. Like I go to like, I live like in the suburbs, so I don't really go to like uptown Charlotte that much. So I'm not really around like a bunch of tall buildings generally. Yeah. So I couldn't tell you, but I just know like a lot of times, you know, I'll turn on the, you know, I'll go to a restaurant or a store and I'll, and I'll be Google mapping where I'm to my next destination. And then, you know, like I just said before, you know, you just turn the wrong way and just waste two minutes of your life. But, you know, whatever. I mean, I don't drive, but at least when I've been with my girlfriend uh, going through downtown Charlotte or uptown Charlotte, as we call it here, I haven't noticed that anything was on the wrong side to begin with. I've seen it happen more in rural areas, honestly. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that, I mean, I don't know. Just, like I said, maybe yeah. maybe if I hang out in the city more, it wouldn't happen. But yeah. I think I paid a park, so yeah. you got to take the good with the bad. Yeah, that, that's just my experience. It doesn't mean it's everyone's experience. All right, uh-huh. so the uh, U.S. Labor Board is accusing Google of spying on employees, discouraging worker organization, and uh, they're retaliating. The U.S. National Labor Relations Board filed a complaint against Google and parent company Alphabet, accusing them of violating labor laws. The company has allegedly... Uh, been, quote, interfering with, restraining, and coercing employees in the exercise of their rights guaranteed by or in Section 7 of the Act, end quote, according to the complaint. The NLRB case documents accuse Google of illegally spying on their employees, firing a number of employees in retaliation for attempting to unionize and illegally blocking employees for from sharing work grievances and information with each other using tools like calendars, emails, meeting rooms, and an internal communication tool at Google called, uh, it should be MemeGen. I've got MemGen in the notes here, but it's MemeGen. Um, the NLRB is expecting an answer from Google by December 16th, and will hold a hearing on April 12th, 2021 in San Francisco. A company spokesperson at Google says, quote, we strongly support the rights our employees have in the workplace and open discussion and respectful debate, uh, debate rather, have always been part of Google's culture. Uh, we're proud of that culture and are committed to defending it against attempts by individuals to deliberately undermine it including by violating security policies and internal systems, end quote. They also said they will continue to provide information to the NLRB and judge about its decision to terminate or discipline employees. A year ago, the NLRB had stated an investigation, or had started rather, an investigation into Google's labor practices. This also comes on the heels of a major $310 million Google settlement to an Alphabet shareholder lawsuit alleging the company mishandled claims of sexual misconduct by executives. 
So, yeah, Google looks like it's been trying to stop uh, unionization by uh, illegal means. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty terrible if that turns out to be true. Uh, I know you're a big proponent of, uh, you know, labor rights. So I know this probably uh, annoys you especially. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's good that the NLRB is going after them. It annoys me that Google has been doing this, but it does not surprise me. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, obviously, the executives probably don't care. This is just the bottom line on the sheet somewhere. It's just like yeah. they're just paying someone to handle it. It's not like their lives are affected, so whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, of course, Google and big companies in general do not like unionization, let's uh, face it, because it costs them a bit more money and, um, Things aren't done quite the way they hoped to do them because they've actually got to pay their employees fairly. Yeah. Okay. And and who wants to do that, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, I got some yachts I'm trying to buy. What's good, man? Yeah, yeah. Yachts over people. Profits yachts over, over people. people. <laughs> you know what I say? Uh, down with billionaires, up with miniskirts. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, does China have a quantum advantage? A team in China claims that they have demonstrated quantum advantage by performing a competition which is impossible on normal computers. It was com- it was completed with a few. I'm sorry, it was completed within a few minutes. Unlike when Google demonstrated its quantum computers, its test can't be completed with. Uh, this test can't be completed with a classical computer. Calculation that was made has possible practical applications in graph theory, quantum chemistry, and machine learning. Yeah, so this is really interesting. Uh, I guess a few years ago, was it, uh, Google had announced they had their quantum computer computer and uh, uh-huh. achieved a quantum advantage. Uh, but yeah, um, apparently, uh, at least from what this group in China claims, uh, mm-hmm. that the calculation that Google did could have been done on a classical computer. Of course, it would take more time. But um, it could have been done. This uh, calculation that they claim they used uh, can't be done on a classical computer. The one that they did in China, I'm saying. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty crazy. Like, uh, I think once, you know, give, like, give me like another 10 years or so. Once like quantum computing and like AI really starts going, I think we're really going to see a really big acceleration in just like technology overall just advancement just you know just everywhere you're going to see it's going to be technology everywhere it's already everywhere you know you got internet on your toaster now so but you know what i'm saying right yeah of course with quantum computers i mean we're probably not going to have quantum computers in our home in our lifetime however they're going to be in the data center it's going to affect us at least oh yeah i'm not necessarily i'm not saying necessarily in the home but just like Obviously, as consumers, we're going to be able to take advantage of that. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it looks like China might have a quantum advantage if they're telling the truth. So, I don't know. Chinese are usually pretty honest, right? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, the S&P Dow Jones indices are going to launch a cryptocurrency, uh, or they're going to launch cryptocurrency indexes, rather, in 2021. The new indexes use data from Luca, a New York-based virtual currency p- company 
uh, clients will be able to create customized indices and other benchmarking tools. This could help cryptocurrencies become more mainstream investments. Bitcoin has gone up about 170% this year. Uh, cryptocurrencies started attracting interest from large financial companies over the last few years, and there has been an increase in mainstream market infrastructure, which makes it more accessible for institutional investors. All right. So, uh, wow. Wow. That's yeah. uh, pretty crazy. Cryptocurrency on the Dow Jones. Who would have yeah, thought? But um, cryptocurrencies were never meant to be investments, so they were meant to be like currencies, which, I mean, like our U.S. dollar, for example. But, of course, uh, people do invest in other currencies, too. Um, well, you know, YouTube wasn't originally meant to help, you know, Will Smith increase his social media presence either, but, you know. I, I, I know, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I got to follow the money, Joe. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um follow the money well it is money <laughs> i don't know yeah, yeah. um whatever <laughs> but yeah i mean obviously <clears throat> you know, there's people making money in cryptocurrency so eventually i mean this is inevitable to happen yeah. i mean first you got breakdancing coming to the olympics now look at this i mean oh, anything's yeah. possible yeah totally <laughs> all right so uh, uber sells its self-driving unit to aurora uber sold their self-driving unit advanced technology group atg to competitor Aurora Innovation, this values ATG around $4 billion, down from $7.25 billion in 2019. Uber plans to invest $400 million into Aurora and have a 26% stake in the company. Aurora will develop self-driving technology to make transportation and logistics safer, more accessible, and less expensive. Uh, Dora Koroshawi, Uber's CEO, will join the company's board. Uber has also made a few other efforts to stem losses in its business this year, such as major layoffs, selling its electric bike sharing subsidiary, and growing its delivery business. Yeah, so it looks like, uh, I mean, I remember a few years ago, uh, Uber was really getting or looking into the whole self-driving thing as a possibility mm -hmm. for the future. Now they're yeah. selling that uh, unit off. Um doesn't sound like they're completely out of the game, though, because they're working with Aurora on this, probably, and they're going to have a stake in Aurora. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, I guess this, this is, uh, you know, obviously they're offloading some stuff. Obviously, mm -hmm. I know we've talked about in the past, but Google has a habit of kind of just throwing stuff against the wall and see what sticks, you know? Right, and, right. You know, sometimes things don't work out for them, and, you know, obviously, maybe they, hopefully they made a little money off of here. Well, hopefully, who cares, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it's a case of uh, companies finding that they have to work together in order to survive at this point. Uh, same thing has been kind of going on in pro wrestling as of late. I mean, not with WWE so much, but, you know, with AEW, Impact, NWA, uh, mm -hmm. they've all been working together lately, you know? You heard Kenny Omega. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we were talking about live events earlier. I mean, obviously... Yeah. Uh, pro professional wrestling is one of those things that's really taken a hit. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, Kenny Omega, which is weird because WWE is actually they post like like record profits yeah. for the year. So yeah, totally. <laughs> I guess there's I guess their streaming services and merchandise sales are still going strong. Yeah, WWE they're they're not disappearing anytime soon. But AEW, yeah. their uh, Kenny Omega won the championship last Wednesday and then uh, snuck <laughs> off with his friend Don Callis, who works for Impact over to mm -hmm. impact wrestling and made an appearance there <laughs> so yeah 
So it's like they're all working working together, and it sounds like tech companies are doing the same thing, really, uh, because you know they need each other during this time. So you're saying like Google's like the Ric Flair of the tech industry? Uh, I'd say Google is like the Vince McMahon of the tech industry right right now. I'm talking about as far as like remember you know I guess Ric Flair. Well, he lost the NWA title in like the '90s, and then uh, but he. They didn't return. I guess in the NWA back then, when you were the champion, you had to pay a deposit on the belt. Right. That way, if you lost it, the company wasn't out money. So they wouldn't return his deposit. So he yeah. signed with WWE, and he still held the belt because they never got his deposit back. Yeah. So From he, what I understood, you know, pretend- they stripped him of the title. He never well, lost they it. Of, of this, they stripped him of the actual title, but he yeah. still had the belt. You know what I'm saying? Oh, right, right, like The belt's right. just a prop, obviously. It's not yeah. a real championship. <laughs> exactly. But the actual physical title belt. He kept because they never returned his, his uh, deposit. Yeah, so he yeah, went on right. WWE television, WF at the time, yeah. and posed as the true, you know, NWE champion. Yes, so. Yeah, the real world's champion. Yeah. Anyway, um, on to that. Uh, we could be uh, displaying wrestling stuff on some OLED displays on sliding doors, believe it or not. LG is making sliding doors uh, made of OLED displays. LG is partnering with the Swedish manufacturer Asa Abloy Entrance Systems to develop automatic slide doors, which will are with rather uh, built-in transparent OLED displays. The company unveiled a range of transparent signage earlier last year, and now they're being used for real-world applications, such as the windows of subway carriages in China and for the displays and Panasonic and Xiaomi's transparent OLED TVs. Uh, Samsung has experimented with transparent OLED displays in the past, but they've stopped developing the technology for whatever reason. I don't know. Apparently, they're losing out on that, aren't they? Um, LG has not announced a release date for those doors. I think I might have asked you this before, but have you ever seen the movie... Minority Report? Uh, I've not, but I know about it. Well, there's like, you know, it's obviously the future or whatever. But this mm-hmm. weird thing about it is like everywhere you look, there's ads. So there's ads on the walls, there's ads on windows, there's ads on doors. And it's like, I guess everybody has like, uh, I guess uh, your ocular, you know, data, whatever, mm-hmm. in your eye is you, they there's cameras everywhere and they used to pick and they use your ocular data to identify you. Mm-hmm. So the ads automatically target you, but they're like, they say your name. So if you're walking down the street, oh, like gosh. they're like, Hey Joey, you want to go to McDonald's? Like, Hey Joey, you want to, you know, subprime mortgage? Hey Joey, you want to, you know, freaking yeah. get a car wash? So. Yeah. I'm going to be yeah, using but... an augmented reality ad blocker. <laughs> if that ever happens, <laughs> I don't know. They might have uh, come ways to circumvent that. Yeah. But like, uh, it reminds me of, uh, do you ever watch Black Mirror on Netflix? I haven't watched it, no. Well, this is one episode. It's sort of like a Twilight Zone kind of thing. Okay. It's like an anthology kind of horror whatever series. But um, there's this one episode where it's like, a, I guess, some sort of alternate dystopian future or whatever, where it's everybody has to ride on bikes to like power, I guess. I guess they ran out of energy or whatever. So okay. people ride on bikes. That's their job. But it's like fat people are like discriminated against you know what i'm saying oh, yeah. because they can't ride bikes all day obviously so you and i we'd be like you know 
that's like the next discriminated thing. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So that's a good thing. I'm like, working on a game into better shape and uh, game exercise eating better. You know. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 We're not getting any younger, man. We gotta start doing yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Taekwondo does great, man. <laughs> yeah. I started walking, and uh, yeah, I'm starting. I've been trying to eat better. You know how it is. Yeah. But, uh, uh, what were we talking about? Um, OLED doors. OLED transparent oh, like bef- doors. Before we started talking about losing weight, what were we uh, talking about? Let's see. You were talking about a movie where they were discriminating against fat people. Oh, right. It was ne- <laughs> it was the uh, Black Mirror. Yes. So uh, so, anyways, but they uh, they the guy he lives in like I guess government housing or whatever, but his walls are all computers or computer screens. Okay. Oh yeah. And um, you earn money based on how much like time you spend on the bike. Okay. Mm-hmm. So everything costs money though. So when you brush your teeth, there's a little dispenser, spits out toothbrush. It costs you like five credits or whatever, you know. Oh, okay. So if you're watching TV, um, they play ads or whatever, and you have to like, if you close your eyes, it costs you money if you're not watching the ads. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if you're out of money and you close your eyes like there's this loud buzzer that plays until you open your eyes so oh, i mean obviously i don't think i don't think it's going to be that bad at any point but i don't know it's just weird to think about stuff like that <laughs> yeah it is yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah ads on doors though that's where it starts i'm telling you yeah and that's why i'm going to use an ar ad blocker <laughs> all right so elon musk is playing on moving to texas apparently uh musk oh wait that's your story man <laughs> you're you already named the podcast after yourself what more do you want bro <laughs> all right uh elon musk plans to move to texas musk has told a number of his close friends and associates that he plans to move to texas musk has to put californian houses on the market musk has put his californian houses on the market and expanded operations in texas this year he spends most of his time between austin and boca chica a number of notable tech names have left California in the last year as companies look to cut costs and shift to remove work. Uh, Musk has often complained about California's policies. Texas has no income tax, and it could save Musk billions of dollars. I didn't know Texas didn't have an income tax. Yeah, I, I think I've heard that. I knew Austin, you didn't have to buy a business license there. So. I know you told me that last week. Yeah. yeah, no places like, I think like Florida doesn't have an income tax, or neither does... Uh, I think Tennessee. Yeah. There's other places too. Yeah. I know Delaware doesn't have a sales tax. Yeah. Yeah. Texas is becoming a larger place for tech. I mean, uh, Texas has had tech companies uh, for some time. Of course, Texas Instruments. Um, we've got a number of other t- uh, tech companies. I think Dell has some business out there. Um, I can't remember all of them. Uh, if you ever watch the 8 bit guy on YouTube, he actually yeah. did a little uh, tour of Texas recently, as far as like the tech businesses there, and really? um, yeah, he he lives in Texas. Uh, Dave Murray, if I remember correctly, his name. Um, I'm, Interesting. I actually want to get him here on the podcast as a guest. Uh, so, Dave Murray, if you're listening, contact us. I tried contacting you and I haven't heard back. <laughs> yeah, turn on the old Kegel charm, bro. Yeah. I know, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, Steve Wozniak, um, he's starting a new company uh, 45 years after co-founding Apple with Steve Jobs. 
Uh, Wozniak is starting a business in the green tech and blockchain space. E-Force, or is it F-Force? I'm not sure. Uh, they'll be a marketplace for corporates or industrial building owners to fund green projects. This platform will allow anyone to financially benefit from worldwide energy efficiency projects. Uh, the company's cryptocurrency token, uh, WazX, is trading <laughs> on HBTC and will launch on Bitthumb or Bitthumb Global rather uh, next week. Companies which registered their energy upgrade projects on F-Force's site uh, have the opportunity to receive funding from the investors around the world. All right, so uh, Steve Wozniak uh, is getting into the cryptocurrency, or he's already in the cryptocurrency yeah. game. That's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, Wozniak, I thought that was amusing. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting stuff. So it's uh, working with uh, or working in green tech as well as cryptocurrency. So um, yeah, so those are yeah. definitely uh, two very up and coming industries. So yeah. I mean, you know, Steve Wozniak, he's no dummy. So I'm sure he knows what he's doing with his oh, money. Yeah, yeah, Steve Wozniak, smart. He doesn't have the charisma that Steve Jobs did, but he's an intelligent guy. Yeah. Uh. I mean, he's probably eating more uh, expensive steak dinners than us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Iran claims smart satellite-controlled machine gun killed a top nuclear scientist. Sounds like something of a video game. I know. Iranian authorities claim last month's killing of, of Iran's top nuclear scientist was carried out. I don't know why I'm laughing. This is kind of sad. Was uh, carried out remotely by Israel with artificial intelligence in a machine gun equipped with a satellite-controlled smart system. Israel has not confirmed or denied responsibility for the killing. The killing exposed security gaps, and the country may be vulnerable to further attacks. Thirteen shots were fired at the scientist. Uh, his wife was injured, though sitting only 25 centimeters away. Uh, five Iranian nuclear scientists have been killed inside Iran in targeted attacks since 2010. All right. So, so, uh, so is this thought up by conspiracy theorists that are like in the government there? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, I guess it depends on where your news source is that yeah. you got the story from. It, it sounds like a conspiracy theorist type thing. And this is the kind of thing that will happen if you let conspiracy theorists run uh, the U.S. government. <laughs> you know? Yeah, We're going to yeah, come up true. with uh, crazy sounding stories like this. Though, you know, may, maybe it's not that crazy. I really don't know. This could be true, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it could be. I, I mean, mean, that's the thing, too. You never know. Yeah, there, there could be closeted, you know, conspiracy theorists from yeah. the government. You don't know what people are looking at in their private time. Yeah, I mean, we really don't know if it's true. I mean, this is this, this could be uh, legit stuff here. But, um... I mean, possibly. Who knows? Yeah. And maybe their intelligence knows something that uh, I don't, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's possible to, you know, leak a fake story to mainstream press, so who knows? Yeah. I mean, all these could be lies. You never know, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. We could live in a simulation. That, that's what some people believe. <laughs> so, I, I think the news is controlled by reptiles, okay. personally. No, okay. I, I thought the news was controlled by our cat, Tuna. But anyway, uh, U.S. cybersecurity firm uh, FireEye has been hacked, uh, likely by a nation state. 
FireEye, which is one of the country's largest cybersecurity companies, says it was hacked by a foreign government. Internal tools, which are used for testing clients' defenses, were stolen. FireEye has an array of business contracts across national security space in the U.S. and other countries around the world. The stolen kit targets a myriad of different vulnerabilities in popular software products. All of these vulnerabilities should be public already, but the firm has not disclosed what systems are affected. Companies will typically release patches for known vulnerabilities, but users don't always download the patches. So, so uh, that's kind of a big yeah. thing when uh, a cybersecurity firm itself gets hacked. Yeah, it's pretty wild. You think uh, it's kind of ironic. It's almost like, you know, oh, someone burnt the firehouse down. <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too. You got a lot of people, I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but it's not like, you know, these big firms like, you know, banks and like, you know, retail stores, like they don't do their own in-house like security generally. I mean, they have an in-house security team, obviously. Right. But generally they're like, you know, security encryption that's contracted out to another company. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, this firm, FireEye or whatever, you know, you, you don't know that could have anybody's information on it. You know, it could be have, you know, Bank of America, it could have, you know, Walmart. Amazon, you don't know what's on there. Yeah, it's the thing. You you hack one company, then you got the keys to so many other people's information. Yeah. So. Of course, this had more to do with national security. So this is something a little different. <laughs> which oh, is, okay. Which might be scarier. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously, too. Even then, you know, you're hacking national yeah. security. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, too. My parents both work for the government, and you know, I've heard stories about you know. You know, you said you're you're into retro tech. You might want to get a job in government. That's all I'm going to say. Oh yeah, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they're not very good about updating oh. their uh, their hardware. Oh yeah, I know. Like um, the military just uh, stopped using floppy disk drives for the nuclear um, control system like the past year or so. <laughs> you're kidding so me, like, really? I'm not kidding you. Yeah. I think I, I think recorded I've a, it. In I don't the think I've used a floppy disk since like since like middle school, man. Yeah. yeah. Hey, <laughs> like once right. I got to high school, that's when like zip disks. Remember those? That's when yeah. those first came out. Yeah. Actually, no. I think I, I think I used floppy disks in college, but yeah. Actually, when I was playing that Yahtzee game over uh, Google Hangouts with you that one time. Oh, that was a floppy disk. Oh, well, it was uh, copied from a floppy onto my uh, hard drive, and I was playing it in DOSBox. So yeah. Oh, yeah, oh you're, playing a, the, you're playing the Yo-Ho-Ho edition? <laughs> I've got a USB floppy drive somewhere here, so which All is right. pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, IBM finds hackers are targeting the COVID-19 vaccine supply chain. A global phishing campaign has targeted organizations associated with the distribution of vaccines since September 2020, according to IBM. Analyst Claire Zabovia and Melissa Friedrich of IBM X-Force Iris said the phishing company spans six regions, Germany, Italy, South Korea, Czech Republic, Greater Europe, and Taiwan. I've actually been to half of those countries. Yeah. Um, they appear to be focused on the cold chain or the segment of the supply chain which keeps doses cold during storage and transportation. Some of the vaccines have been stored at extremely low temperatures to remain potent. 
Pfizer, for example, recommends their vaccine be stored at negative 70 degrees Celsius. According to uh, attacks on focus groups associated with Gavi, an international organization which promotes vaccine access and distribution, they've specifically targeted organizations related to their cold chain equipment optimization platform, or CCEOP, which aims to distribute and improve technology that keeps vaccines at these cold temperatures. Yeah, that's uh, kind of scary that they're targeting these uh, vaccines at the time that we really need them. Everyone's trying to make a buck, Joe. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I but, guess someone's just heinous enough to try and do this, but, you know, but they sadly, must have mouths to feed. Yeah, sadly, half of uh, the people I know are kind of like uh, super religious, and they kind of think the vaccine's the mark of the beast anyway, so... <laughs> Why this vaccine? How many freaking vaccines do we already have? Why is this one so different? (laughs) I I don't know. It's like, I I think it's because it's like a hundred year pandemic. And um, it's been, it's been like, it's been like nine months. I know. Well, I mean, no, I'm not saying the, it's a, it's a pandemic that comes, uh, uh, something that's huge that comes around every 100 years. And I think, at least among religious minds, it's something that could be used to control like buying and selling. Like businesses won't let you in unless you have the vaccine, which there have been talks about. But I think that would be only be a temporary thing, you know, until like we have herd immunity initially, that be seventy uh, percent of, of the population or greater vaccinated. You know? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Well. We'll see what happens with that. But yeah. like I said, I mean, yeah. you know, I can't believe someone's hacking the freaking uh, the vaccine. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that's kind of scary of in and of itself. If you're someone like me who wants to get the vaccine in the first place, you know. I'm gonna wait for like the second round. I don't know. I just yeah. want to see what happens first. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't think we would be able to get the first bit of vaccines anyway. But um, like health workers and people like that. Well, you know, they're going to give all the good stuff to the rich people first. So I want to see what the first <laughs> wave of the poor people get. Well, yeah. And then well, see what happens to you guys. Then I'll see. <laughs> I, I would hope. I would hope that they wouldn't be like uh, distributing like the quality of the vaccines like that. But you never know. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's all the same stuff. It, it better be all the same stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, this gonna, is where we were going to beat him up if it's not. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, what what can I do? <laughs> this is where we were going to have our break, but of course we had it earlier on. So uh, hey, let's continue with some gaming news. So uh, Google Stadia expands its expands in Europe to multiple new countries. Google has begun rolling out Stadia for eight new countries in Europe. Uh, there were already 14 prior to the expansion. Austria, Chechnya, Hungary, Poland, Portugal, Romania, Slovakia, and Switzerland now have Stadia available. Yay, they can play games in the cloud there now. <laughs> I mean, how, how, how good can the internet possibly be in Chechnya? That's all I'm saying. I, I really don't know. <laughs> I okay. mean, I have no experience there. Um, Maybe they can stream some like Genesis games or something. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, well, I I know the U.S. actually lags behind other countries like Japan as far as uh, internet uh, infrastructure goes. I don't know how things are in Europe. I mean, I'm sure we're doing better than most of 
Eastern Europe, I would, yeah. I would assume. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really looked into it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we'd be doing better than Eastern Europe. I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I hope I hope I hope I have better internet than former Soviet states. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, Stadia. I mean, I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, I think Google's really the first one of the party as far as like. Uh, you know, streaming gaming as far as like going all in. You know, I know there's other yeah. services and other platforms, but well, I think Shadowplay was around before them, but they haven't been all that popular. Well, yeah, I mean, as far as like you know, mainstream, like they're putting like real money behind this. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, it's almost like they're trying to create their own console, except for without any hardware. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, the console uh, exists with the cloud. Yeah. Which I, you know, you know, I think. I really think that's where it's going as far as like the future. Yeah. I think everything's just going to be like in a little dongle hanging out of your TV or oh, it's yeah. going to be in your TV. Probably. Yeah. You, know. yeah, you just maybe. have your phone and your TV and maybe like a computer and that's it. Yeah. You're going to, you know, everything's going to be ubiquitous on my Cody box. I mean, um, the way the emulation set up on there for, uh, video games, it downloads mm-hmm. it from the, um, from archive.org anyway all the roms and stuff okay yeah i didn't realize you could uh do emulation on there but a cody is basically just a little computer so i mean i guess it makes sense yeah totally Hmm. um so yeah the cause of nvidia's gpu shortage uh supposedly uh i mean maybe there was reasons why they didn't have enough um beyond just wanting to get in the press and say hey this is sold out right um Uh Colette Kress, uh, NVIDIA's chief financial officer, took part in a tech investment conference hosted by Credit uh, Suisse. Uh, I don't know if I mistyped that or what, but I think it's Credit Suisse. Um, Kress was asked about the GPU stock shortage. According to the NVIDIA CFO, the, uh, it's uh, that Samsung's production is being hampered by a wafer shortage. Of course, Samsung makes a lot of the RAM chips. They probably make other parts of the graphics cards as well. Uh, There are also other problems uh, with supporting resources and materials, as well as logistics. Of course, uh, delivery of uh, parts and stuff. I mean, if you've ordered anything online, you've probably seen a delay in, li- in delivery for packages as of late, uh-huh. too, you know? Um, yeah. It could be several months before GPU stocks catch up with market demand, but Cress has said, quote, We continue to work during the quarter on our supply, and we believe, though, that demand will probably exceed supply in Q4 for overall gaming. We do expect it to probably take a couple of months for it to catch up to demand, but at this time, it is really difficult to uh, for us to quantify, end quote. And I know that sentence, or those sentences sound kind of weird. One sounds incomplete, but that's what I had, you know? Uh, so We already well, said the error is human, Joe, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, what do you think? Um... And, you know, it, it, it makes sense if they're having uh, production issues at Samsung that it would cause GPU shortages overall and probably shortages oh. on other computer components as well. 
Well, I mean, there's just been shortages everywhere with the pandemic. It's just slowing yeah. everything down. So obviously, you know, I know we talked about the consoles coming out. There's shortages with that. You know, there's shortages on, you know, this, 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 they're running low on like toilet paper and stuff again. I mean, it's not as bad as it was before because I don't think people are as hoarding as much. But just, you know, essential items like that are still in short supply. So, yeah. you know, I think once, you know, once, like, like we said before, once things kind of slow down with the pandemic, I think it'll help. I mean, obviously, there's always going to be tech shortages. You know, with, if there's a hot new item, you know, yeah. you can't keep those things on the shelves, obviously. Yeah. But at the same time, too, yeah. having, you know, just breakdowns in, in the supply chain due to the pandemic is also going to yeah. create shortages. Yeah, too, and it'll so. make the shortages worse than normal. Because, I mean, a few months into it, it's kind of odd to still have shortages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so... So we'll have to we'll have to ha- have to deal with subpar uh, PC gaming graphics for the meantime. I mean, I'm running an RX four sixty and I'm fine with it. So you know, yeah. Some people they just uh, they just had to have those little little numbers be higher than yours at the end of their hardware. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, speaking of that, you can check for Nvidia RTX thirty series stock on Twitch. Uh, Jeff Lecompte. A generous developer has created a bot that lets people know when the RTX 30 series GPUs are in stock. The bot scours online retails, online retailers for 30 series stock and lets people know on the Falcon Falcodrin Twitch stream when the cards become available. The bot is U.S. and Canada specific. An alarm is sounded when an RTX 30 series cards come in stock. Yeah, that's a a really good tool if you want to get one of these RTX 30 series cards. Or if you want to get, you know, 30 of them and, you know, resell them (laughs) on a scalper site. Well, yeah, fortunately this isn't designed to be a scalper tool. It's to just let regular users like us know when it's in. Um, It doesn't go out and buy it for a scalper, fortunately. Of course, the scalpers are using their own Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess scalpers are probably using, like, automatic stuff like that, so. Yeah, and it's really annoying for those of us. Well, I'm not looking to buy a GPU at the moment, even though I probably should upgrade, but I I really don't care at the moment. I am not playing intensive games right now, so... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you need, if you just absolutely need the, it's kind of like how I am with phones. Like, yeah, obviously, phones over time they get to slow down because you drop them and stuff gets loose, and mm-hmm. you know, just technology gets better. But you know, I can yeah. put up with a lot, but then you know, eventually your stuff just freezes too many times, and yeah. you know, your GPS just like turns itself off when too many times. Like, okay, yeah. I need a new phone. <laughs> you know, you know, if I could play Shovel Knight, I'm happy. <laughs> so, um, it's for, worth to live by. Yeah. Uh, another thing that could be causing a bit of a shortage, uh, $340,000 worth of MSI's NVIDIA RTX 3090s were stolen in China. 40 cargo boxes of RTX 3090 GPUs were stolen from MSI's factory. MSI notified the police regarding the matter and posted a reward of one thousand or one hundred thousand yuan, rather, or that's fifteen thousand dollars in the United States dollars, uh, for anyone with useful information regarding the cargo boxes. You know, MSI is a pretty popular brand for the Nvidia uh, GPUs as well. Are they? Yeah, they are. They're one of. I think they are an exclusive. Um, 
ABI partner um, board uh, or board partner with NVIDIA. That's what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. All yeah. right. Well, so I guess they uh, they got a little reward. Do you have any yeah. information about the missing uh, GPUs? I, I just shared all my information. <laughs> That's the okay. same thing they know. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get rich that way. No, I'm not. All right, so uh, Smart Access Memory now works on Intel CPUs. AMD officially only met, sorry, AMD officially only mentioned their Smart Access Memory, the technology which essentially optimizes the link between the GPU and the CPU, would only work with AMD Ryzen 5000 CPUs and the 500 series chipset motherboards. Uh, but other motherboard makers are enabling support. Uh, support has been enabled on AMD's 400 series motherboards and also added to Intel's 400 series motherboards, such as the Z490. Now it just matters which motherboard you're using and if you have the BIOS updated, if you can use smart access memory. You no longer have to specifically buy a Ryzen 5000 series GPU and 500 series motherboard. Well, CPU, actually. You still need the GPU, but yeah. Oh, sorry, I read that wrong. So, yeah. So That's all right. You don't need to buy a CPU. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, um, I mean, that's kind of exciting. I don't think that's what AMD intended because they wanted to really sell people on the 5000 series uh, CPUs and that 500 series chipset. But, you know, um, I think once NVIDIA revealed that, hey, this could be done without requiring that easily, yeah. it, it just kind of... Uh, Mess that plan up for AMD completely. <laughs> They're trying to ruin everybody's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Epic has no plans for in-person Fortnite tournaments throughout uh, 2021. Uh, vaccines may be on the horizon, but game companies remain cautious. Epic has no plans to do in-person Fortnite tournaments in 2021. Valve has also canceled a Counter-Strike Global Offensive major tournament in the spring. Epic does eventually intend to hold in-person tournaments again in the future, but uh, the priority for such an event, according to Epic, is the health and safety of players and staff. Um, what about the audience, you know? <laughs> what about their health and safety? Anyway, uh Online events will continue to take place. Epic's Fortnite Champion Series Trio events will keep going throughout 2021. And Chapter 2 Season 5 is set to begin February 4th, 2021. All right. So, uh, so yeah, like we mentioned before, live events, including esports, are, uh, you know, obviously they're being plans are being altered for yeah. that as far mm -hmm. because of the pandemic. So, yeah. Fortunately, with esports, it's pretty easy to do that stuff online these days. You know, most everyone I mean, has I a get, webcam. I, and I think people want to be there, though. I mean, you can watch football online, but you know, I guess yeah. being there is part of the fun. But yeah, yeah, but yeah sure. you know, I see what you're saying. It. I think with gaming, I think it's easier. I think mm -hmm. either way, you're either way you're watching a screen, but yeah. you know, you're not in a with a bunch of uh, you know smelly twenty year olds. Yeah, well, so, so many gamers are accustomed to going on Twitch in the first place, anyway. So that's true. That's probably as far as gaming is concerned. That's probably the most uh, popular streaming platform. So right, yeah. And people should, make well, money. It's on probably Twitch, the most popular I mean. streaming, probably for period. I would guess. Yeah, I mean, there's the potential to make money on that without even having to uh, 
be at some esports uh, event, you know? Maybe we should start a Twitch channel. I mean, I, I've tried and I, I just haven't gotten anyone to watch, but I, I, my problem is doing it regularly. I mean, I'm doing the podcast regularly, but my schedule mm-hmm. is so random. And, yeah. um, you know, like on my days off, I'm doing this and then I'm going to Taekwondo class as well. So I, I just don't have time for the Twitch uh, thing, you know, I've thought about it. Just pretend to fall down your stairs and see your apartment complex. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's shift gears and talk about the space and science news. Scientists reverge age-related vision loss and eye damage from glaucoma in mice. Harvard Medical School scientists have successfully restored vision in mice by reversing aging in retinal cells. The work done shows it may be possible to safely reprogram complex tissues to an earlier age. Reversing the age of the cells resulted in reversing vision loss in animals with a condition similar to glaucoma in humans. This is the first successful attempt to reverse glaucoma-induced vision loss. An adeno-associated virus was used to, uh, as a vehicle rather, uh, to deliver three youth-restoring genes. They've based this on a new theory about aging, which proposes that changes to the epigenome over time causes cells to read the wrong genes and malfunction. So, yeah, this is, there's been a lot of uh, age reversal stuff the past few weeks, you know? Yeah, if you figure out a way to turn back the hands of time like that, yeah. oh, man, that'd be a game changer. Yeah, You'd probably gonna, live to be, like, at least 200-something years old. Yeah, I, I, I had 300 in my mind, but, you know. 300? Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was the number I that came to me, yeah. <laughs> so I remember I read something one time. It's, like, the problem with, like, immortality is, like, the longer your body goes on, that's just more chances something's gonna go wrong. Yeah, you know, that's more chances that like you know you're gonna get cancer or yeah. you know you can have a brain aneurysm or yeah. something like that. So of course we talked about the cancer thing last week. So you know. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess too if you get cancer, but you know, just you know, something something's bound to happen. You know. What I'm oh saying? yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, I guess you could fall down the stairs and crack your head open too. So right, whatever. right. All right, so um, speaking of cracking your head open, scientists have beamed shapes and motion into monkeys' brains using light. There's been a lot of stories about brains and light recently, too. I know, there have, yeah. Well, there have been attempts to beam images into people's brains, but so far the attempts have resulted in very low-resolution devices. Um, Most of these devices require electrodes to be placed on the brain surface, limiting the resolution significantly. But in a recent experiment, scientists used the tiny needle-like electrodes to create a high-resolution array, allowing monkeys to identify complex shapes. The tiny electrodes can reach deeper into the brain tissue and allow the scientists to use the similar currents with more precision. Adapting, to the, uh, adapting the technology for humans for human use is challenging, since the same area of the human brain is much deeper. Yeah, so, I mean, sounds like a challenge, but we could have, like, um, you remember Jordy LaForge from Star Trek, um, LaVar uh-huh. Martin. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I I suppose his device is something similar to that, you know? Well, I think his was like, because I think, didn't he have like crazy looking eyes? Because I remember like, um, later I don't on, know if yeah. not, not initially, but later on when they got rid of his visor, they did because it was. Oh, that's what happened? Had. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was always what his eyes looked like. So I figured the visor just shot it into his eyes or whatever. Right. I don't know. I I didn't watch a ton of Next Generation. I, w- I didn't really get into. I don't really. Get, I wasn't really super super into Star Trek, but like, I watched like a lot of Discovery. Yeah, I'm not was, sure. I, I, oh, I'm oh, not. Go ahead, sure, I'm, sorry. I'm not sure if they ever really got um, into like the details of how the visor worked. If I remember correctly, I'm sure. I'm sure it's somewhere like some fan audit, you know, yeah. official, you know, Star yeah, Trek fan guy yeah, or something. Probably. So, so yeah. I meant Voyager, not Discovery. I'm oh, yeah. I said Discovery. So. Yeah, Voyager was good. I liked that one. <laughs> they, I used to stay up and late watch that, you know, before bed uh, oh, yeah. when I was in high school. So Yeah, totally. That's 7 and 9, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. All right, so, uh, whoops. Oh, we got a little problem. All right. So, yeah, my right, turn. So not- <laughs> I think oh, it, it is my turn, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're right. Sorry about yeah. that. I was about to read the monkey story again. Hey, hey, Go yes. ahead. It's, it's all right. Uh, Robot Kitchen will make your dinner and clean up too if you have the money. For 248,000 uh, pounds in the UK, of course, I did not look up the US dollars this time. Uh, you could have a robotic kitchen which will cook restaurant quality meals and then it will clean up after itself. The Moly Kitchen Robot is targeted at enthusiasts, professionals, and early adopters. Makers expect the price to be reduced significantly over time. At this point, they've received uh, 1,205 qualified sales inquiries. Tim Anderson helped develop the robot. He was the winner of the 2011 series of BBC MasterChef. Anderson's actions were captured and translated into digital movements. 30 dishes are programmed at launch, and new recipes will be added every month. So I guess there's some sort of subscription service going along with this? Probably. I mean, that's pretty cool, I think. Uh, I know I've seen, like, prototypes and stuff like this from, like, tech shows, and it's pretty cool. Just, like, these disembodied hands that, you know, they use precision timing to make these dishes. It's pretty crazy to watch. Yeah. Yeah, now, now robots are going to be doing this. Yeah. I'm telling you, robots are going to do everything pretty soon. It's going to yeah. be like, uh, what was that movie with Will Smith? Uh, iRobot? Right, yeah. I mean, um, they they talked about reducing the cost dramatically over time. So we could have. Well, that's what always happens with technology. I mean, remember, yeah. you know, DVD players were like thousands of dollars when they oh, first yeah. came out. They, yeah. they can go buy one at a pawn shop for like 20 bucks, probably. Yeah. It, it's just, you know, when something's hot and it's supply and demand, everything's yeah. hot and new, everyone wants yeah. it, it's going to be expensive. It, Once it everyone gets tired of it. Yeah. yeah. It could be eventually be as common as your uh, refrigerator in your kitchen, you know? Yeah. Or even like, just think of the smartphone. Remember the smartphone first came out? Oh, yeah. That was some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. Now you now can go buy one at Walmart one. for like, you know, $40. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, even the government gives it out for free. What am I thinking? So, <laughs> All right. So uh, physicists have recording. I'm oh, sorry. Physicists have recorded the flowing sound of a perfect fluid for the first time. Physicists recorded sound waves moving through a perfect fluid with the flowest possible viscosity. 
The research could help scientists understand the most extreme conditions of the universe, such as the interiors of ultra-dense neutron stars. These are thought to be perfect fluids, with many oscillation modes in which sound waves propagate through the air. The research could also help scientists better understand superconductivity, which may lead to the development of materials where electrons can flow in a perfect way. Yeah, I think you meant through the star, actually, uh, was inside the star, but you know, that's all oh, right. what did I say? <laughs> you said through the air. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I must have yeah. that incorrectly. Oh, it's it's all right, man. Uh, no problem. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess that's exciting stuff. Um, I don't know who in their right mind would go inside a star, but, you know, I guess we do want to be able to do that somehow. Someplace. I don't think they want to necessarily go inside it, but they want to, you know, <laughs> right. they see want to what's, know what's going happening. on in there and study it and all that. Yeah, I mean, send a probe in there that can uh, handle all that heat. Yeah, sure. Yeah, obviously. Well, you yeah. want to put your hand in there, right? No, no, I'm not. Well, I'm not gonna, going to do that, even if I could. Um, <laughs> maybe if I had, if I were a super soldier that had some sort of power that could tolerate that. Oh, like those ones maybe. from China. Yeah, yeah. China has done human testing in order to create bio- biologically enhanced super soldiers, according to a top U.S. official. Of course, this, again, could be conspiracy theory territory. Uh, China conducted human testing on members of the People's Liberation Army, according to a top U.S. intelligence official. Scientists here in the West consider it unethical to manipulate... Scientists here in the West consider it unethical to manipulate genes to boost the performance of healthy people, but indications are that Chinese military researchers are starting to explore that potential. They may be military, or there may be military consequences, rather, and tampering with the human genome could have unintended effects. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I know, you know, China isn't super well known for their, uh, um, human rights policies yeah but um yeah it's pretty crazy now didn't the nazis try to do something like this so um they probably did um i think they did yeah and of course uh we did it too we created captain america right <laughs> no i don't know if that was that, based that, on that's, facts but yeah that, that's fiction actually but, i mean yeah. we probably tried it too i mean what the heck i mean yeah. just because we don't we, know about we, it i'm sure yeah, there's all kinds may, of crazy stuff going we on we may have so. tried it of course I don't know. I, I'm finding it funny. It's like it wasn't unethical in the comic book and movie world. <laughs> yeah, it's just the way it but, is. Yeah. I mean, just think. I mean, I think like the third Captain America movie, Civil War, that really kind of shined a light on like the real world ramifications. I mean, really, you have a oh yeah paramilitary group with advanced technology and you know enhanced superhumans, yeah. and they you know, consistently, you know, violate international laws and treaties and they pretty much do whatever they want. So, yeah. you know, Iron Man can fly over to Afghanistan and blow up a tank and just yeah. fly back home and, and it's just fine. Like <laughs> And not to mention all the property damage and the people that were probably killed in the process of the battles they were in. You know? Yeah. Well I think they really kinda of signed a lot on that in the was it Man of Steel movie? Like he yeah. fought. Uh, he fought Zod in Metropolis, and it was like a nine eleven, basically. Yeah, so. D- DC was probably more realistic about that. It's like they don't even bring it up in Marvel movies. Yeah, they destroyed the city, but so what? They saved everyone, even though someone probably died. 
<laughs> you know. And I'm not, I'm not a huge anime fan, but it's like I know Tokyo is known as like the matchstick city because it's always getting blown up. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> You're like Gotham. Like, why would you live in Gotham City? Like, how many times is a psychotic clown need to take over your city before you need to move? I mean, like, <laughs> and, and and the Joker's not even the only villain there. You know, you've got the Riddler, Catwoman, the Penguin. Um, who well, I else? guess if you live yeah. in a universe where like you know beings from other dimensions constantly invade, I guess if a clown takes over your city, what the yeah. hell, right? Just I mean, another God- day at the just another day at the work. Yeah, Gotham does not sound like a city I want to be around. That's my point. I think in the comic universe, like the world is not sound like sound like a place you want to be because well, the world is always getting taken over by aliens or like a rogue AI or some crap. Yeah, but Metropolis doesn't sound as bad. Well, yeah, as far as like crime, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure there's parts of Metropolis that aren't great. I mean, every <laughs> major city has bad neighborhoods. Like, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> But all, all right, of Gotham so, uh, City's a bad neighborhood. <laughs> not the Palisades where Bruce Wayne lives, apparently. Oh, well, is that for that? <laughs> all right, so uh, physicists have recording of the... I'm sorry, you read that. Yeah. Here we go. So China has switched on its artificial sun nuclear fusion reactor. China powered up its HL-2M Tokamak Tom- Tom- nuclear fusion reactor for the first time in the Sichuan province. Uh, it uses a powerful magnetic field to produce hot plasma, reaching temperatures of over 150 million degrees Celsius. It has often been referred to as an artificial sun due to the amount of heat and power it produces. Fusion power emits no greenhouse gases and is safer than fission power, but is extremely difficult and very expensive. Yeah. Isn't this what uh, Dr. Octopus is trying to build in the second Spider-Man movie? Gosh, I need to watch that. To be honest, I never watched the original Spider-Man movies. I wasn't really paying attention to them at that time. Um, really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, I need to go and watch those movies, really. Um, just watch the first two. The third one really isn't great, but that, the first two are pretty good. They don't yeah. age super well. I mean, you know, obviously the 20-year-old flicks, but, yeah. you know, they're yeah. decent movies, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the actor who played Doc Ock, they're bringing him back for the next Spider-Man movie. Oh, they're doing him too? Because I, I heard yes. they were doing um, the guy that played, uh, was it, Daniel Fox? He played Electro in the yeah. second Spider-Man movie yeah. after the first reboot. Yeah, and I think they're bringing him back too. Yeah, it's like... Well, I heard this was this was, this was supposed to be like a live-action Spider-Verse, basically. Because I think they're bringing back... Uh, at least I heard they're trying to bring back Andrew Garfield and yeah. Tober... Uh, Tobey Maguire, Yeah, too, so. I, I wasn't expecting them to do uh, Spider-Verse this soon, you know, but it sounds like they might be doing that this soon after all, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they already went to the Cosmic and the Mystic. The next step is Multiverse. Yeah. So. Who knew you were going to get a comic book and movie news here on uh, this uh, tech news and commentary, right? That's right. We're yeah. uh, one one-stop shop for all your news. Yes. Um, so higher energy x-rays show the secrets of age, ancient Egyptian inks. Uh, scientists used higher energy x-rays in order to analyze ancient Egyptian papyri fragments found in lead com- compounds, or, or and found lead compounds, rather, in both the red and black inks that were used. This is evidence showing that lead was added because of its fast drying properties and not for pigmentation. European painters used a similar technique, 
when they developed oil paintings in the 15th century. But, uh, but Egyptians rather discovered this about 1400 years earlier. Synchrotron radiation was used to analyze art and other priceless artifacts because of its high energy and short wavelengths. Ink has been used to write for thousands of years. Revealing the secrets of ancient ink technology helps us understand the origin of writing practices. So, All right, so uh, hot ink talk here on Joey's Totally Tech today. Yeah. Uh, it's not even e-ink. <laughs> very ancient ink. A-ink. Well, the... Uh, yeah, so it's pretty cool. They're able to, you know, use X-rays to show kind of the properties of the inks that they're using yes. back then. So yeah, I guess so, it, okay. I guess it's nice to know that lead paint has such a rich history in yeah. uh, in throughout the world. Yeah, so used for its uh, fast drying properties. That's uh, really interesting. I guess in many cases they wanted that, you know, especially when yeah. writing on paper, they didn't want it smearing all over the place. Also, it's a great way to get brain damage. So. Yes, yes. Uh, All right, so uh, FFA gives approval for a company to use swarms of drones to reforest burned areas. Drone Seed uses fleets of drones to reforest areas that were burned in, wilder- in wildfires. The Federal Aviation Administration approved Drone Seed's heavy lift drones for operation beyond visual line of sight in several states. They're not allowed to start reforesting in area in an area once a fire has been contained and airspace is clear. They can reseed 25 to 50 acres a day, and they're designed to drop tree seeds in places where they have a good chance of survival. Wow, that's a lot of trees, actually. 25 to 50 acres a day, that's a lot. I know, that, that is a lot, and yeah, that can help them uh, reforest things uh, pretty fast, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh, yeah, drones is one of those things I really don't think too much about, but you know it's pretty crazy how you can like just have like a little network of tiny flying robots to do whatever you want, you know? Yeah, I know. That's exciting stuff. I wonder if you can use them to like make you fly, like attach a bunch to your clothes and just fly around. That'd be pretty cool, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that would be uh, pretty cool. But gosh, so, so your they- pants fall off. <laughs> Let's see, for me at least, they need to be some pretty heavy-duty uh, uh, drones. <laughs> oh, they got pretty big ones now. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, strap a couple of those to you, I think they'd be able to lift you up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the first drones, they were military, and they, they were um, not small by any means, I think, you know, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, there's hope for you yet, Joey. We're going to get yeah. you in the air. <laughs> Well, I think uh, flying in an airplane is good enough for me. Um, okay. Yeah. So, and finally, the space startup Avum debuts world's first fully autonomous orbital rocket launching drone. Uh, the company has an uncrewed aircraft which can take small payloads to out to space. It doesn't use any technology that's groundbreaking by any means. And it looks similar to existing jet aircrafts. The vehicle, Raven X, is 80 feet long and has a 60-foot wingspan. And has a maximum weight of 55,000 pounds. That's included the payload. It can be used for putting small satellites into orbit in just 180 minutes. 
it uses traditional jet fuel and can take off and land in virtually any weather on any one-mile stretch of aircraft runway. Avum has already found paying customers, including the U.S. government, which they have a $1 billion contract with. So uh, that's pretty exciting. It's like we don't even need to send people up to space to... Well, we haven't needed to send people up to space to put uh, satellites in there. But, you know, this is another option to do that now. I guess that's true. I mean, realistically, I mean, unless you're traveling to space, mm-hmm. as far as, like, exploration, though, yeah. I guess you're literally to spin a person out. Yeah. Like, we need to send a person to, like, Jupiter 4. Like, yeah. they're I mean, not going to be able to do anything a robot can't do. So Yeah, and we've had unmanned rockets for a while now, putting satellites out there, but... You know, even um, now, I'm sure, like in the next, like you know, 20, 30 years, they're gonna have some sort of like, you know, rudimentary Android or whatever by then. So, yeah. but these drones could uh, change things quite a bit, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'll tell you, those drones are the way of the future, man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that uh, wraps it up for today's uh, news. Anything you want to add, Antonio? Nah, I look forward to, uh, you know, tweaking the visual format of the new podcast. So Yeah, yeah definitely. Be, uh, exciting times here. Yeah, so it's our first video podcast, and we're doing it over Skype. He's been Antonio Guerra on Skype. And you've been Joey Cagle also on Skype. Well, yes, but I'm uh, recording it here at the house, so... <laughs> Yeah, but you're on Skype, you know. I am on Skype, yes. Yes, I am. But yeah, I'm recording directly to the hard drive here. (laughs) So, all right. We'll catch you all next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. All right.